Hello, 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 hello. It's uh, Everybody's Got Mental Health. It's me, Jim, and here's uh, Vicky, and we're here. And we're talking this week about a topic that I... Oh, I, I don't know if I know a lot about it, but I've certainly had a lot of experience of it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah general anxiety disorder. I mean, anxiety itself. Right, Vicky. Anxiety. Yeah. Now, someone once told me, yeah, well, we all get anxiety. We all get anxious about things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so just get on with it. Mm-hmm. And, and I read a book. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, it's called... Uh, I think I'm just Googling. It's called How to Survive the End of the World When It's Happening Inside Your Own Head. Nice. I haven't read it, actually. Go on. Um, yeah. How to Survive the End of the World When It's in Your Own Head by Aaron Gillies. Yeah. Um, an Anxiety Survival Guide is what it's, it's, it's penned as. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first read this, I actually had it as an, as an audio book rather than read it. Yeah. Um, and that was the first time I really like, realised that I had anxiety. Right. And I think where I'd like to start for the listeners because mm-hmm. maybe some people out there don't realize they have anxiety because i didn't mm-hmm. i didn't realize i had it but what so what what's the difference vicky between having anxiety and just worrying about stuff so anxiety is is the emotion attached to whatever the worry is right or the thoughts around what's going on right anxiety is the emotion right and we will all experience anxiety at some point going back to the just get on with it what we know is when you have anxiety we have a tendency to avoid and that keeps the worry going right so if you do face the fear that the more you do it the concept is the the more your brain will learn that actually this this is just a a feared um, worry and that nothing bad's going to happen, okay? So that ties with the just get on with it bit. Now, the difference between anxiety and general anxiety or general anxiety disorder um, is general anxiety disorder is based on people having hypothetical worries. Hypothetical Mm. worries... Mm. Hmm. which are based on future worries that they can't predict whether it is or isn't going to happen, okay? The intolerance of uncertainty and being able to sit with uncertainty, okay? Hmm. Yep. And, <laughs> and and they might have positive beliefs about worry or negative beliefs about worry in that, um, for instance, if I worry about something, it says I care, or if I worry too much about something, it means I might go mad. Okay, they're just a couple of examples. Yeah, right? well, tell me, is this one, um, if I worry about it, it's more likely to happen? Ah, yes, so that's, that's um, that can, it's, it's what we call a metacognition, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's worry about worry. So if I worry about it, then the prediction is it will happen. Yeah. And, or I'll jinx, I, I jinx it if I see it out loud. That's yeah. And yeah. and I worry about worrying about it. And then I get into this whole spiralling doom because yeah. I'm worrying about worrying about worrying. Yeah. And then and then I'm overconscious of everything. And then I'm worrying about the fact that I'm worrying. Yep. And the thing I'm worrying about is going to happen because yep. I'm worrying about it. And yep. Classic. So it's all my fault and everything's wrong and why can't I just be normal? Correct. Classic. That is classic. And often the result is 
it leads us because we've worried so much about something it leads us to exhaustion or to some physical detriment happening within our bodies oh, so you find like... that people will take themselves to bed they can't sleep um they can't eat you know i mean this is where it gets you know like way out there yeah yeah i mean like so the worst my anxiety ever got it was during lockdown mm -hmm. And I went three days without any sleep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I lost the ability to read. Mm -hmm. Classic. I was that tired. My brain couldn't read words. Yeah. 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 And then I started worrying about the fact that I couldn't read. And I was really spiraling. And literally, a friend um, bended lockdown rules to drop an envelope with a pill in it through my door that was left over from when one of her children had been really poorly and a another friend who is a friend of a friend who is a registered GP was like yeah just take half that tablet you'll be fine and now obviously we wouldn't advocate people sharing medication right no. but <laughs> But, you know, lockdown called for all sorts of special measures. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that created huge amounts of general anxiety. And and actually, you know, in, in the, the therapy world, there's been lots of articles about, around tolerating the uncertainty and, and what lockdown did to people. Yeah. I, I, I mean, lockdown, I think, was definitely a turning point in my life, yeah. particularly in terms of, acknowledging my neurodiversity yeah. and also um learning more about myself and realizing that a lot of the things i was doing and a lot of the things that i was doing as coping strategies weren't necessarily healthy yeah. and weren't even necessarily part of me or who i was or who i wanted to be but was just part of something that i had created to cope yeah so can are you able to share a few of those examples of what some of those strategies that you you formed because often this is really helpful for people so um they don't realize that, that general anxiety is is a thing and that certainly you know if i think back it, i think there's a generation a generational um aspect to this so you know for instance i've got a very very close family member who believes that worrying helps them to problem solve and um you know um that's what you have to do so yeah. and, and um, certainly i mean that that rings true with one of my classic coping strategies yeah of i will only deal with exactly what's in front of me now yeah 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 everything else is irrelevant yeah and i'm going to keep myself so busy yeah that the only way i'm that busy that the only thing i can possibly do is solve the immediate problem in front of me. Right, now there, that's a, that is actually not maladaptive, that's really useful. So whatever you go away with today, folks, this is actually, a, so when I work with people with general anxiety, we actually we use a worry tree um, and we look at, you know, what's a future worry? What is an actual worry right now? And if you can solve it right now, make a plan around it, do it. If you can't, then you've got to park it and then go and focus on something else. Well, yeah, but I would add <laughs> yeah. that it can be a malpractice if what you end up doing is taking your actual worries that you could potentially solve and go, yeah, I don't want to really think about those because they're, they're just a bit too problematic and I'm going to park them even though I shouldn't really because they are quite pressing in some instances financially or legally pressing um and what i'll do instead is i'll generate a life that is so horrendously busy that i never get two minutes for myself i never stop i'm only doing things for others and i'm going to run myself into the ground to the point of exhaustion right so that's that's avoidant behaviors though isn't it based on the fact that you're not actually dealing with actual current problems so yeah, no, I was, I was create. What I was doing was I was creating problems, 
I was I was going out and searching for problems and creating problems that I knew I could fix. Yes. To avoid the problems that needed fixing. Yes. Yeah. Now the difference in with general anxiety though is it's all linked to um hypothetical so the what if worries what if this happens what if that happens what if this happens what if that happens well yeah but this this was it so that the way i coped my coping strategy was i won't give myself time to be able to think about the what ifs mm. that's not a bad thing though if the current problem so here's the thing right so let's yeah, see if, well okay right, right so and, yeah, and i suppose it's not a bad thing and yeah. for a long time, it worked and coped. However, it also meant that some of the things I really should have been dealing with, I just wasn't. Right, but they were actual problems, though, weren't they? Yeah. So so that's the difference, right? The difference is when it's an actual problem, that it's something that you need to problem solve around, then you have to engage with making a plan around it. Yeah. That's the difference. So you gave me a really lovely example earlier on when we were talking before the podcast. You said, um, I hate it when somebody says, um, can I talk oh. to you in a bit? <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Before you leave work today, can we just sit down and have a chat together at the end of the day? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Either talk to me now or let me live in the ignorant bliss I'm enjoying until you need to talk to me. Right. Do Why? not give me, do not give me the rest of my day being completely thrown out of whack because I am unhingedly coming up with every possible scenario that this conversation could be. Yeah. Yeah. That is God in action. That is GAD in action. So you can't sit with the uncertainty of not knowing what that conversation is about. You've, you're worrying about it to the nth degree and coming up with all sorts of possible negative things that it could be linked to. All, they're you, all negative. There's yep. no, no, they, yep. I promise you, if I'm coming up with every possible scenario, the pay rise is not one of them. Yeah, indeed, right? You've catastrophized it to the nth degree, right? So it's that bit where, oh, what if I've done something wrong? What if I'm going to end up in a disciplinary? What if I end up getting sacked? Then what if I, I end up, I can't pay for my bills? What if I then can't um, live at home and I'm kicked out in the street and then I'm homeless and, da -da 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 -da, and it spirals way out of control, way out of control? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> and trust me, Listen, I, I I know this well. I know this well. I am a therapist and I know this space well. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, the other thing is that like, blah, 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 when I'm doing a job. Yeah. So I don't want to sound boastful, but my, my brain can do a lot of thinking. And if I'm doing a job, like in the last episode, I talked about the fact that I'd started this job at a school and that I've been cleaning moss. Okay. So whilst I'm cleaning my moss or sweeping the playground or doing jobs that are quite mundane and repetitive, and that's fine. I don't mind doing those jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I have to have my earbuds in with an audio book on. Right. Why? I, I love where you're going with this because I actually had this very conversation with a, a client yesterday. So why? Because if I don't, whilst I'm doing that job, my brain isn't stimulated enough uh -huh. and the general anxiety disorder kicks in. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. whilst my brain is idling, mm -hmm. it will go, oh, do you remember that conversation you had? Yep. And that person just acted a bit weird. They like, re like, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Or remember when you text your sister and she replied with only one word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's because yeah. she hates you. Here it comes, here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> that's because she hates you. Like, and why does she hate me? Well, I don't know, but you know, remember when you like didn't wash the dishes or 
or you know that time when you were 10 years old and you farted in a bedroom I don't know. <laughs> it, your brain literally goes through the past 40 years looking at every possible chance of why yeah. and oh it's exhausting and also yeah. it's it's not it's not just that it's exhausting but it is crippling yeah yeah so there's that that's that is is general anxiety in in, in, in class whoa that, sorry i'm that, having a, that, a physical reaction to this <laughs> yeah yeah that is it in action that is in, in action one of the one of the other things i've been working with somebody on um so they believe um they've got to hold on to worrying about their kids going out um, bearing the, 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 the grown kids go, going out um, so that they're holding on to the worry that if they don't worry about them going out in the cars and whatever else that says something bad's going to happen yeah and their entire life is, is revolving around asking where they're going to be tracking them on the mobile phone I mean this creates even more anxiety right because have you ever have you ever live tracked anybody Mm, I, I would love to say no, mm -hmm. but I'd be lying. Right. So I, I've got. I'm okay to share a really good example of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I was working with a, a young person a few years back, and um, my husband was uh, living and, and working out abroad. Now, they, they their dad was a, a, a police officer, and they were tracking their dad. And if anything went wrong. Well, they couldn't see them on the tracker, increase their anxiety. It's something I'd never done. Um, my husband was on a flight home and we, we tried this behavioural experiment together. So I tracked, a live flight tracked them and I've never ever done it before. Oh my God, the anxiety that I had through tracking and he'd flown in and out all the time. I'd never bothered me, right? The app would stop and he'd be hovering over the Atlantic and nothing, you know, not, nothing moving. And time would go by and, and, and nothing had happened. And you're like, oh, my God, what if the plane's gone down? What if they've crashed? What if this has happened? What if yeah. that has happened? It just, it sent me into absolute spiral mode. And I was like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to add to that because, so, yeah. <laughs> I have live tracked people uh, in terms of when I worked in outdoor education and we got young people out walking and we'd put GPS trackers on so we could see where they were to help them out with navigation. Mm -hmm. But also, and this is the one, this is the one that I do most often. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to find this one hilarious, Vicky. Amazon delivery drivers. Yes. <laughs> There's now a feature sometimes when there's a when there's a parcel coming and say track your package and you click mm -hmm. on it and you can see you can see the little man yes, the little yes. dot is there yes. and he's delivering yes. and he's only two streets away mm -hmm. <laughs> two streets away but you're seven seven more drops before your hat like how are there seven more stops in between there and here <laughs> and then and this this happened last night so last night my christmas present from my dad which um, I didn't really ask for until after Christmas, which is why it's arrived late, because um, I wasn't sure I wanted. But then when I saw what everyone else had got me and I realised that one of the things I wanted, I hadn't got from anybody else. So I was like, oh, Dad, can I have this? And he went, yeah, of course. And I ordered it at Amazon and it's a Lego set because I'm a man-child geek. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, owning that. Um and I was very excited about it arriving yesterday. Someone is at the door. Oh, there's somebody at the door. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, I'm not going to answer that. Um, but I was, I was very excited about this parcel arriving, and I could see him on the app, and it said, "You are the next delivery." And I'm like, where he is on the app. If I lean out of the window, I could I could see the van. I reckon if I lean out the window, <laughs> why is the van not moving? What 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 is he doing? What is he doing? Yeah, why yeah, is he yeah. in his van not going? I am <laughs> the next stop. I am the next. Why aren't you driving the? <laughs> and, 
Is the van exploded? Is it caught fire? <laughs> Am I not going to get my Lego set? There it is, catastrophe. <laughs> Am I not going to get my Lego set? Has he? Is he? Oh, has the van exploded? And. <laughs> I'm not going to get my Harry Potter Lego castle. Um, also, it is Harry Potter. I didn't ask. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, it's not the big, big one. It's not the big Hogwarts castle because, like, uh, Dad doesn't buy me presents that cost that much money because um, it's ridiculously expensive. It's like four hundred pounds. <gasps> big castle. Good grief. Yeah, no, I, this is the miniature version. I say miniature; it's still quite big. Um, it's two thousand six hundred and sixty pieces. Good grief. Um, I'll expect pictures. Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll get some. <laughs> anyway. I'm, anyway, cool. sorry, yes. But that, that anxiety over that yeah. I could see where it was, but it wasn't doing what I wanted or expected. And like you say, the catastrophizing, you know, like, is the van exploded? Why isn't it moving? And you instantly jump to the worst scenarios. Yeah. And I know people in my life, dear people who are very close to me, who also have general anxiety disorder, um, one of whom who knows about it and has spoken to professionals about it and is getting treatment for it, and one of whom who is vastly in denial over it and won't speak to professionals about it. And that does my head in because I'm like, because also, and this, this, oh, so I get anxiety about that person's anxiety. And so, and the other thing as well about general anxiety is there's lots of reassurance seeking, lots of reassurance seeking. So tell me it's going to be okay. Tell me it's going to be okay. I mean, we've just recently, um, well, we haven't quite got over the hurdle yet, um, but we've been in the throes of, of, of selling a house and, you know, it's it's been an epic journey. And when I say epic, I mean epic. Um, and the, the, the uncertainty around all of that. And I found myself saying to my husband, oh, I just, I, I just, my anxiety's through the roof. And, and he's saying to me, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. And I, it doesn't matter how many times he reassures me, my brain is still catastrophizing it. And it doesn't feel like it's okay. <laughs> you know, um, you, you, you might end up planning lots around things. Have you ever made um, predictions about the situation? Yeah. How many times does it come true? Well, one of the predictions will come true because I've I've, I've come up with every possible alternative. <laughs> <laughs> so one of them will come true. Are, are, um, they, are, are they ever positive ones? Well, that's the question. Normally, the only one, like normally, the one that is most likely and the most probable and the most mundane and the most boring and the, the starting point of me going rationally, well, no, don't be an idiot. It's just going to, that's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, 0 0.1 seconds into the thinking and 0 0.2 seconds before I start catastrophizing. Right. So, so your brain has actually done the most likely scenario, but the problem is it's then been allowed time to spend worrying and then it goes into the catastrophizing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where some people's brains are slightly different, they will just immediately go into the catastrophizing and thinking about all the worst experiences. And, you know, we've talked about ratios and negative thinking before. The, the minute you start one, you're then up to three negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. Then you're up to seven. Then you're up to 30, you know, and before you know yeah. it, so you can see where this is going, right? Yeah. And you know it because you and I both talk about it. <laughs> yeah. No, you, it's, it's, a, it's, it's certainly <laughs> a big part of my life. Um and, you know, I was thinking about something you said there and, um, yeah, so I I had a conversation uh, at, at some point with an ex-partner and um, I'd asked them about what it was like to be with me. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to share this with everyone. Uh, apparently, I wasn't hard to love, but I was always needing constant reassurance which was very exhausting yeah and so i think it, that span that that's that's born that is and i hadn't really realized 
that that is born out of the anxiety because the reason I want the constant reassurance is because I'm constantly going, oh, it's all going to go to hell in a handcart and yeah. it's going to be an absolute disaster. Yeah, yeah. So when you think about it, and you just brought something up there that really resonated with me, this isn't just when, when somebody's struggling with worries that, you know, this isn't just about that person who's experienced it, which incidentally, you know, is awful, right? So we're not minimizing that in any way. It's it's a horrible experience. It's the impact though with the reassurance seeking um, that it has on others, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And that is massive. And it can get to the point where they turn you off and you know won't engage with you, or you know, they're getting exasperated and, and fed up with you. So actually, when we think about this in a wider systems perspective, it, it can impact on everybody. Yeah, and actually, so this is, God, today's episode, ladies and gents, is almost like a therapy session for me. Um, <laughs> I'm having epiphanies as we sit here talking about it. Um, so, yeah, so something that I never stop doing, Vicky, and the number one thing that people who are close to me or good friends of mine or family members say to me is, will you please stop apologising? Right. Right. And I'm just realising the reason I'm forever apologising is because I've automatically assumed that everything I've done is wrong because of my anxiety. Yeah, there you go. There's another classic. Here's another thing. Right. So just as you, you said that, so often people with general anxiety, they might partially commit to something. So by that, you know, say, for instance, a dinner date, you know, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll come. But because of the worry about all the bad things or the uncertainty, so say, for instance, um, they don't know what's on the menu, um, they don't know how they're going to get there, um, people are being ambivalent about time, um, they need they need absolutes or they, 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 they micro-plan around absolutely everything. They, they'll then maybe pull out because it's just too much for them or they can't sit with the uncertainty of being a bit freer and just going with the flow. That ever, that ever does that resonate with you? <laughs> yeah! I have a friend who hates menus. Right. Why? Absolutely hates menus. He can't be doing with all the choices. He'd right. much rather, he would much rather be told what he's having for dinner. <laughs> if we go somewhere, I will even say to him, Do you want me to order? And he goes, Yeah, please. <laughs> Because I know what he likes, <laughs> I know what he likes, and sometimes he'd much rather, not always, sometimes he will order, but sometimes he'd much rather me say to him, oh, you like that? And he'll go, yeah, I'll have that, yeah, good, yeah. I, I, do you know what? I, 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 I totally get that. I totally get that, because I go and I look at the menu and it's like, um, you know, oh, my God, oh, there's so much there, I want to... Oh, what we're we gonna have? What we're we gonna have? And then I pick something. If I'm left too long, I've made several changes to. Yes, and, and also the anxiety over. But what if I miss? Because now I believe I believe the youth of today would call it FOMO. Yes. Yes. The fear of missing out. Yes. That in itself is a source of anxiety. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all linked together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah what if I, what if I don't get the best choice? What if I I choose the wrong thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, actually what I find, cause I'm, I'm okay with my news. I like you, I will choose 12 different things off the menu and have them all at some different point in my head. But what I've learned is that when they come to me and say, are you ready to order now? I just say yes. And tell them the first thing that comes out of my mouth. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the worst the worst thing that can happen in terms of that scenario is that my friends go do you need more time to think about it and i'm like no i really i really don't and please don't you take any more time to think about it yeah. come on let's just get yeah. this done a hundred percent well the last thing i need is more time to think about it what i need is to be able to have to give an answer now because yeah. if you force me into a corner i will i can give an answer yeah yeah, yeah. but if you give me more time to think about it I may have redesigned the menu before we decide what we're having. <laughs> um, 
I, I've just picked many different things and then thought, oh, damn, why can't I make a decision? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And I'll get to the point where I'll even start be like, oh, well, if I have this, then that will mean that later on I'll be too full to enjoy that. Or um, if I have this today, because I might want to have that for dinner tomorrow night and then I'm having the same thing yep. two nights in a row. Yep. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'd much rather just be like, I have no time to think about this. I've got to solve it now. I, mean, that, I think that comes back to that coping strategy I talked about earlier of I'm just going to keep myself so busy yeah, that I can only deal with the problem that's in front of me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so go, go, going back, I know we've, we've giggled a lot through this, um, or me, me in particular, because it, it resonates, you know. Yeah, so no, and, and we have laughed, and I think that's important. And actually, being, I think, being somebody who has anxiety, you you need to be able to sit back and look at your anxiety and go, my God, this is ridiculous. Because if you don't, if you take your own anxiety seriously, you're going to end up in a really, really bad place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean your anxiety isn't real and that in the moments where you are anxious, it isn't absolutely crippling. But it does mean that you've got the reality check of being able to, after the event, look back at it and go, my God, I'm a nutter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, one one was, that was coming up for me there was um, I, I mentioned, you know, um, my husband lived um, and worked abroad for for quite a bit, and I, and I'd have to I'd have to go um, and fly out there regularly. Now, years previously, um, prior to being a CBT therapist, I would be packing like a week in advance. I would be checking, <laughs> checking passports that I'd got everything. I'd be worrying, what if I've forgotten this? What if I've forgotten that? What if I don't know where I'm going in the airport? What if I'm this? What if I'm that? Um, it got me into such a horrible headspace that I was so anxious by the time I get there. I, I was struggled to enjoy myself until I actually landed. And even when I'd land, it'd be like, what if I can't find them? What if, you know, or what if I can't find a hotel or what? So, so. Well, often when I'm working with people who, who struggle with um, general anxiety, they, they say to me, so what do you do? And part of it is, believe it or not, um, uncertainty, it's a bit paradoxical. So the more and more you try to push it away, the more you become uncertain. But actually, when you embrace it, the easier it starts to feel. So with that, I got myself to a point, and bearing in mind the flights were ridiculously early and I'd have to get up incredibly early as well, um, I'd push myself. So I wouldn't check I'd got my passport. I would pack 30 minutes beforehand. I'd just get up and go and shrug it off and say, well, what's the worst that can happen? If I've forgotten um, you know, clothes or whatever, then... I'll have to buy some more. Um, if I have um, taken the wrong um, fluids, then I'll have to ditch them. Is this going to be life changing? No. And I got myself to the point where actually I'm able to, and this isn't all the time, right? Because I've shared with you some other recent examples, but I've got, I got myself to the point where actually it became fun just going off the hoof yeah. and not planning stuff, you know? Does that make some sense? Yes. I mean, for me, yeah, I mean, completely, because, so I used to work on cruise ships. Yes, yeah, no, yeah. And working on cruise ships, you have to catch planes to get to them. Yeah. Um, and if I am packing to leave, if I pack the week, if I start packing the week before I leave, it's going to take me a week to pack. And I'll repack several times. Yep, there it is. Classic. Yeah. Yep. 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 So I I I used to always people like, have you packed yet? No. Well, when are you gonna pack? About half an hour before I leave. Yeah. And they're like, you what? You can't pack in half an hour. Yeah, I can because I'll have to. Yeah. Yep. If I have to pack in half an hour, I've got no option, it will occur. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this also for me, I think going back to like um 
university and deadlines and things like that with a, with a deadline quite often i'll get quite close to the deadline and go right it's got to be done now because there is this is the deadline so and i'll do it there and then because um, otherwise it's going to miss the deadline and yeah. and actually one of the worst things one of the things that's worst for me at the moment is if i am traveling somewhere because now i mean i'm i I haven't been abroad since I finished working on cruise ships in 2011. Wow. And I've, my passport's expired. Uh, I don't have a current active passport and I don't have any plans to go out of the country. So actually, if I'm going anywhere, it's generally within the country and normally I'm driving myself. Yeah. But if I'm driving myself, I haven't got to leave at a set time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so this then becomes a major issue for me and packing and leaving and i hate i hate it Nikki, because leaving to go somewhere where like if i if i'm going half an hour up the road because i'm going to work something like that it's fine just get the car go no problem if i'm going to wales for the weekend or I'm going to go to a conference somewhere and it's a two days away or I'm going on holiday in Scotland for a week. Um, leaving becomes an absolute living nightmare because I have this whole useless wandering have I sorted everything? Have I got everything? Have I packed Future. this? Have I put that What yeah, have I forgotten? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I generally end up leaving late and arriving later than it was planned because all I've done is wander around inside my head going, no, I haven't got this, I haven't got that. Classic. I and Classic. I find myself walking from room to room, backwards and forwards, achieving nothing and not even doing yeah. anything. Classic, classic. And that's because the worry's got you into a state of mind that you actually can't figure out or effectively problem solve. It's it's classic. You, you, going back, you talked about exams um, or assignments. Um, one of the things I used to really struggle with was I'd prepare so early for assignments, complete it, and then I'd be going back over it and changing it and redesigning it and and I, I'd spend huge amounts of time on it. And one of the experiments I, I tried with myself was actually to have a go and, oh, crikes, I'm going to say this out and I, I don't, bear in mind I'm an academic, right? Um, so now I'll, I'll, I'll prepare and write an assignment and proofread it and do my tweaks once and then that's it. I'm done. <laughs> and actually my best grades have been when I haven't kept going back over it. And there's the paradox. <laughs> At university, I had a policy of a bottle of bread for every thousand words. <laughs> and I would generally submit and send without any proof checking. Wow. This is not what we're advocating as a bottle no, of bread. Or I'm, I'm not advocating this. <laughs> As healthy, I'm not advocating this as a proper, appropriate or proper. Um, <laughs> one of my lecturers did once comment that um, he said, you really write some interesting asides in the latter halves of your assignments. <laughs> so he had a very interesting tone. <laughs> and I went back and read it. And uh, as I was writing things quite academically side sounding, there'd then be an aside in brackets uh, where I would make some critical remark about myself or um, there'd be a, a humorous aside of, yeah, because that was a good idea, wasn't it? Or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, going, going, going on that, I'll never forget, actually, um, this, this was this was one, one of my best moments, um, or not, what one could, could argue. I was on a, a post-grad course and... Um, I'd submitted this assignment, having written it um, once, read it once with very little adjustment, submitted it. Um, they gave me back the grades um, and I was looking through the assignment and thinking, 
I got an average grade and I was like, you know, I gave it, you know, not my all. So I'm I'm happy with the, 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 the average grade. So I'm looking through the assignment and thinking, this doesn't look hugely familiar. Did I really write this? And bear in mind, I hadn't drank any wine, right? Um, so it turned out that this was not my assignment. Um, it was somebody else's. And there'd been some sort of muddle up with... Um, uh, we shall remain unnamed, um, some computer-generated uh, submission centre. And actually, I had another student's um, assignment. So when we figured it out and swapped around about, are you ready for it? It turns out I got the highest mark in the class. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a classic moment of embracing uncertainty and it being the paradox. And from that, I learned, actually, just, just, just give it a bash just once. Read proofread once and off you go like don't don't get stuck in it move on <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah no yes and and i i can't i can't embrace the uncertainty well part of that is is, is part of how your brain's wired though isn't it so i think yeah. we, i think we need I, to touch on this don't we so yeah so okay General anxiety is one thing, um, and that's crippling enough. And dealing with general anxiety is in itself a, a whole world of coping mechanisms and strategies. But hey, you might you might find yourself being neurospicy, uh, mm -hmm. like myself, um, and also having general anxiety. Yeah, and and that that's. That's two buckets of fish that you're, you're juggling. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if if yeah, if you're neurospicy, whether that's ADHD, ADD, or um, what used to be called Asperger's, or anywhere upon the spectrum, or any other neurospiciness, you know, um, it might be that anxiety is is even more of a challenge yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, would you like to to add anything there, Vicky? Well, I suppose we, we, we did talk about this a little bit before we, we started the podcast and just sort of thinking around that, you know, in terms of uncertainty, um, without going into the details of what you and I were talking about, um, I'd offered you a, a potential solution. You know, if, if you do struggle with uncertainty, you know, um, is it worth, you know, for instance, let's go with the example of, you know, um, can I can I have a chat with you later? If you are neurospicy, as, as, as Jim is saying, perhaps offering to somebody um, that you are neurospicy, um, do you think you could give me a time frame when you are going to have a chat with me about that? So you've got a sense of where you're sitting with it. Yeah. And, you know. So rather than it's the uncertainty of some point in the future. Yeah. As yet undefined, yep. you know it's at four o'clock, or you know it's at three yep. o'clock. Yeah, yep. you know, you know when the axe is going to fall. Yeah, yep. absolutely, absolutely. Um, although, yeah, I mean that that gives you, you know, some certainty, even though there is still uncertainty. I think the other thing is that sometimes if there's a uh, if you're neurospicy and you're having an interaction with somebody where they need time to think about how they respond to you. So either maybe you've asked them a question or that you've asked them, uh, you've upset them or whatever's happened, whatever the occasion has been. And they just go, they say, look, I, I need time to think about this. You know, I think if you're neurospicy, it's not unfair to go, look, you know, because chances are those people are going to know you and they're going to know that you have your neurospiciness. It's not unreasonable to say to them, yeah, okay, I don't mind giving you time to think about it, but can we agree a time that we're going to come back to this? Yeah, yeah. So that rather than it being, 
when am I going to be able to resolve this with you? I know that tomorrow morning or uh, in a week's time or whatever that window is that we've agreed upon, when that time comes, we're going to sit and talk about it. And therefore, I know that it is going to get resolved. Absolutely, absolutely. So in a way, it's it's you you have some uncertainty to sit with, but you've got a sense of when that certainty is going to come along, and you can then think about ways to hold it in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. Do we? I'm conscious of time now. I suppose I'm just wondering: Do we need to think about other strategies about you know, sort yeah, I mean, of think, managing general anxiety? I think well, one thing we can certainly say, I think, at this point, is we may well come back to anxiety because we talked about general anxiety sort of today, but there are other branches and types and connotations, and you know, anxiety isn't this straightforward, is it? Absolutely. Um, and we will come back to different types of anxiety in the future. Uh, and I think the big thing for me, for people to take away from this, is that sometimes it's just recognising that it is anxiety and that is a type of mental health. Um, because quite often, I don't, I don't think we give ourselves the recognition that anxiety is mental health yeah. and that you might be having a mental health problem and you're going, oh, I'm just, I'm just being silly. I'm just yeah. worrying needless. I'm just being silly about it. Yeah. yeah. And and no, you're not. Yeah. You, 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 you're, you're your brain, having... Well, your brain's doing what brains do. That's what's happening. Yeah. Your brain's doing what brains do. Especially when um, they're not occupied enough, as you've identified earlier on in the podcast. Yeah, and I think there are different things. So, I mean escapism is always a good one um you know i'm not sure how healthy it is but certainly for me hiding in a book or a film or something can be a good way of well okay so can can i reframe that so yeah it comes back to when we're talking about general anxiety is this a hypothetical worry is this a future worry? Can you solve this right now? If the answer is no, then park it and focus on something else. And that's where the escapism comes, in, in, engaging in something that you enjoy rather than being caught up in worries that you've got absolutely no control over. Because it's time spent worrying that effectively you are worrying your life away. Yeah. And, you know, as I say to people, you get one shot of this. Do you want to spend it in a perpetual state of worry or do you want to be present with things and each other and, and try to sort of, you know, do things that are enjoyable as best you can? Yeah. I think... I think the other thing to say is that allow yourself... Allow yourself the acknowledgement of it and seek help. Because I think general anxiety disorder is possibly one of the most debilitating yeah. forms of mental health problem. Yes, absolutely. And, and if it's not, if you don't deal with it, if you don't do something about it, then what will occur or what will be most likely to occur is that it will lead it will lead to other problems whether that becomes depression yeah. or whether that becomes exhaustion and then the exhaustion yeah. leads to depression yeah but certainly general anxiety disorder if left unchecked and untreated is going to have a negative impact on you. Yeah. Um, even to the point where it can cause eating disorders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because so for some people, the, their coping strategy becomes 
I can't control these things. I can't stop worrying about these things. But here's something I can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And here's something I can control. And that's where the eating disorder comes in. Yeah, that can be one or, of these. Or even yeah. self-harm. Yep, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, self-harm can be a way of feeling some control uh, and some power and therefore taking back some of what you've lost through the uncertainty and the anxiety. Or even substance misuse on the other end. Of, yeah. You know, yeah. Trying to alleviate some of those symptoms. Could I could I just offer up, you know, some possible quick wins? Um, yeah. Please do. Try a diary out. Try a, a diary out. Write down what the worry is, what the predictions are. Ooh, yeah. What the predictions are. And track it and then go back and write down what the actual outcomes were of the worries. So what's the worry? What's the predictions around the worry? And then what was the actual outcome? And track it and just see what comes up. Were your predictions right based on the actual outcomes? Yeah. And then ask yourself, what was the usefulness of worrying about it? Yeah, Vicky's is very good. I'm going to give you two possible other quick wins. Go for it. Um, these are less scientifically based, um, <laughs> which is I've, I've, absolutely no surprise to Vicky. Uh, so Peruvian worry, worry dolls. Um, Peruvian worry dolls are little dolls that you tell your worries to and put them under your pillow at night and they take your worries away. And as daft as that sounds, it has worked for me. Right. And, and, and So the, the worry monster is also another good one. It's very similar to the, the, the Peruvian worry dolls. Yeah. yeah. And I've also done the worry safe. Yeah. Yeah. Where at night as I'm going to bed, I uh, visualise that behind one of the paintings on my wall, there is a safe and I take my worries and I put them in the safe and I lock the safe at night. And I know that I can resume those worries in the morning, which is such a crazy thing to say out loud. No, I, can no, resume, I can resume those worries in the morning. They're going to be safe. They're still going to be there for me in the morning, but I'm putting them in the safe for tonight, locking them away. And I found that a really good way of being able to get some sleep back. Yeah, yeah, and focus on something else. I, absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, I, I go back to the five senses. You know, I've got I've got a really nice tactile duvet, and I focus on that and and temperature and and you know, not tuning into what's going on up and up in my weighted head. blankets. Weighted blankets. Why did I not think about yeah. talking about weighted blankets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So uh, I haven't got a weighted blanket, but I know people that have got weighted blankets, and they find. The, the weight of a weighted blanket is what helps them to switch off and yep. uh, not worry at night. Yeah. Yep. For, for me, it's not so much um, about a weighted blanket as being wrapped. Yeah. I like to feel cocooned. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and qu quite often what I'll do if I'm particularly anxious is I'll get into my hammock because that... Wraps around me. Makes me feel passes. cocooned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, one, one other place you, you might want to try, folks, and this is a free um, set of resources. It's getselfhelp.co.uk. Um, there's some cracking worksheets in there um, for all different um, anxiety issues and disorders, but uh, they've got some great things there. I mentioned the worry tree, and honestly, that is so useful for, for general anxiety. And, you know, we talked a little bit about sort of trying to embrace uncertainty a little bit and some of the, the things that, that we've tried. Um, so have a think through and, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't embrace uncertainty. What I, what the best I can do, Vicky, the best I can do is that I can 
be so busy that I don't notice the uncertainty. And then yeah. when something occurs, it's in front of me and now I have to deal with it. There you go. And that's that's a strategy. There it is. There it is. So in a sense, you have embraced the uncertainty by being no, busy. I've, no, I've pretended it doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> See how I try to reframe that? But... Yeah. <laughs> Right, are we gonna are we gonna do our, our yeah. positive thing of the week? Yeah, I think our, our positive our moment of joy. So yeah. what's what's been your moment of joy uh, this week then, Vicky? Ah, uh, okay. So um I I had been getting lots of um puppy love um from a friend I'd I'd stayed with um for a day or two, which was lovely. Um and I came home after a very, very long journey and um both my dogs who are, are beautiful um but morag in particular um she could sense the puppy um absolutely fine about it but uh i got upstairs to unpack my clothes and she was on the bed and wrapped her um two big old paws on each shoulder gave me the proper morag hug and um told me how much she missed me um in dog language um and that was lovely lovely oh i like that um for me the moment of joy i'm going to focus on um comes strangely not from animals or nature which is often where mine come from um but from a moment of regaining a bit of control. Mm. Um, so um, I, I also um, produce, alongside this podcast, I, I, I also work on a radio slash podcast called Shelf Indulgence, which is a book review show. Um, and over the Christmas period, um, because we've always recorded that on a weekly basis, that show. And over the Christmas period, um, I found that I just I just had too much on my plate and I couldn't do the reading required for it. So there was a little hiatus for me and I just had to take a break from it. And this week I went back to recording it with the other presenter and... Um, to get a little bit of control back and a little bit of routine back and be back in that driving seat felt really good. So that was my moment of joy for this week. Brilliant. Yeah, felt good to get that little bit of control back. Right, well, um, I mean, that's this week's episode of um, Everybody's Got Mental Health. Remember, we have all got mental health and... Anxiety is a common and miss, often missed form of mental health. I think it's the one that's possibly most overlooked, particularly by, would you say, older people? Because they're from a generation that doesn't accept mental health, Vicky? It can be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, don't don't feel alone. There's plenty of resources out there that we can that we can signpost you to for help vicky's mentioned um some today and there's always the samaritans who will always listen to you um at crisis point but also get reach out to the local health services and get the support you need because anxiety is a real thing and if it's left unchecked i think it's the one that most is is most likely to then incur other mental health problems and other physical health problems. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so in until next time. week, when we're back to talk about addiction, um, mm. that's, that could be, um, well, that might even turn into like 12 episodes because yeah. we, we could get addicted to talking about it. Why? <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, until next week, be kind to yourselves, be kind to each other. Take care, everyone. Bye now. Bye-bye.